Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. It was a night for the Avs stars to shine and Nikola Jokic-like stat pad. (laughs) Ah, a healthy bit of snark on a Wednesday is always good. Uh, Avs roll over San Jose 6-0. And and look look at the guys. Look at them. Nathan McKinnon, goal and assist. Miko Rantanen, a goal. Val Nachuskin, goal, three assists. Arturi Lekkanen, a goal and an assist. And Kale McCarr, shaking off the cobwebs, a goal and three assists for Jared Bednar. Yeah, no question. You know, like I said, I expected from him. I think all of you guys do as well, and he holds himself to a high standard. You know he's going to get there, and he missed a significant amount of time, you know, going out, coming back in for one, and then back out again. So, um, you know, he'll get there, and and tonight was a huge step in in the right direction. Yeah, I push back on the idea that the Avs needed this win for their confidence, their collective confidence. Mm. I think it's more a motivation issue when it comes to uh, the team trying to grind through the final 20 games of the season. But for Kale McCarr, for all the reasons that Bednar just listed, yeah, he did, I think, need a confidence boost. And, boy, he got it last night. Boy, he was uh, he was phenomenal last night, no question about it. Like you said, 200-foot player. He's all over the – great defender. And unbelievable how he keeps the action going on the offensive side of the, the – uh, Offensive side of the ice. He just is. The guy's a phenomenal player. Three assists. He was your first star, by the way. Was he? Yeah. I know you. Nachushkin was your second star. I know you closely follow the three stars. Yes. And then uh, Gorgie Park was your third star at 13 saves. He he probably didn't even go through a full bottle of water last night. Oh, no. No, no, no. Like a half bottle of water game. Yeah. Yeah. Tops. Tops. Like, you know, the other goalie. Goalies, they went with two. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like a two-three bottle. Oh, there's no question. You know, every time the puck goes in, you immediately. What's the first thing a goalie does when he gives up a goal? He realizes how parched he is. <laughs> he's got to. Right? He's got to suck himself. You ever notice that? Yeah. Seriously. Just instantly, goal goes in. You are so damn thirsty. <laughs> You're just like, man. It is. It's, it's, I've worked a powerful thirst dude, letting that goal go in. Just just do this little experiment with us, okay? Anytime you watch hockey, as games or not, anytime you see a goal go in, immediately, if you can, watch the goalie's reaction. And I would bet you seven out of ten times at least, the first thing he does is turn and drink water. I bet you nine out of ten times he goes straight to the water bottle. As soon as that puck is in the net, man, go to the water. Is it like a, a sign like, you know, the football player who gives up the big touchdown and he immediately starts kind of limping like, ah, hammy grabbed on me. Yeah. Is that the say? Is that like yeah. the defense mechanism for a goalie? I think it's the defense mechanism. I think the other thing is, it, like, what are you supposed to do? Right? Right. You bow just, your head in shame. Yeah, what? you're just like, hey, slump down. Problem. Probably didn't see the puck because I was uh, a little bit dehydrated <laughs> in all these pads, and it, uh, it 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 hurt my reaction. Now you know they say pilots like pilot. If you're not hydrated, your reaction time goes way down. All right, well, yeah, I'll remember that next time I board a flight. Here you go. Here's a water bottle. Here's a Dasani for you. 
Uh, next here in uh, Four Down Territory, the Nuggets continue their homestand as they take on the Chicago Bulls. And Michael Malone, last couple of games have been come from behind wins. He likes these close games. One of the coaches said it afterwards, you know what's great about this is our team's shown we can win lots of different ways. You know, we can be tied going into the fourth quarter like Memphis and we get off to a great start. We have to come from behind and win the game. That means executing on both ends, timely stops, rebounds, execution, made free throws. So I think it's great to be tested like this with, what now, 17 games to go, I think, after tonight. So, yeah, you want to be tested and you want to see what guys are capable of doing when they're under pressure. And our guys, I thought, did a good, really good job tonight. I saw you nodding your head there as you were listening to that. Mm-hmm. Agree 100%? Yeah, absolutely. I lo- well, you know me. I mean, I'm a Michael Malone fan. I like what he's talking about. But I love, I just love being, we used to say it all the time back in my Washington days when I first was cutting my teeth in the NFL. We're battle-tested, man. We're calloused. How do you want to win? You want us to beat you down? You want us to out-finesse you? What, like, you pick your poison. How do you want us to beat your ass? Because we can do that. And, you know, I love having an identity and I love just imposing your will upon people. I think that's the best way to do it. But, yeah, when that doesn't happen, how do we, you know, how do we battle back? How do we come back? How do we find a way to win games? And what they've been doing, especially late in games, especially in the fourth quarter, like they have taken over and it, it, their offense, it all starts on their ability to tighten and ratchet things down on the defensive end of the court. And that's really where they've been their best. Third down. Big NFL moves yesterday. Lamar Jackson got the... uh, Non-exclusive. Non-exclusive. So he can go out and negotiate. Mm -hmm. I guess by himself, right? Dude, get yourself an agent, will you? But he can negotiate with other teams... And if that team is willing to give him the contract he wants and two first-round draft picks to Baltimore, he can be let go from his Baltimore commitment. Otherwise, he'll have to slink back to the Ravens. Or the Ravens can match. Or match the deal. Correct. Match the deal. What do you think the odds are that a team gives Lamar his asking price, which, again, continues to be Deshaun Watson-type money, and two first-round picks? Uh, I'd think, say zero. Yeah, I, I, I would say not a whole lot. I think this is Baltimore. It gets funny because... They dropped their clackers yesterday. Dude, they did. They did. This is Baltimore saying... I'm swing on these. Yeah. This is Baltimore said they made a hammock out of those things. Just go ahead and lay down. Lay down. See what the market has for you. This is their way of saying, dude, I know you won an MVP. But your market value is not what you think it is. And we're like, go ahead, go figure it out. You know what I'll say no? And this is the this is the dirty word. Owners don't like to hear this word, the C word. There's collusion going on. And I don't think the players and Lamar Jackson's gonna be able to prove it, but the rank and file of NFL owners were ticked off at the deal that Deshaun Watson got from Cleveland. Sure. Cleveland so. was became an outcast nobody, because of that. Yeah. Nobody Wants that deal? And nobody nobody's else. Gonna, nobody else is giving it. Nobody's going to come close to it. So, if that's what Lamar Jackson wants, NFL owners have already agreed. We are not giving out that kind of contract. Yeah. So yeah. there, there is that aspect to it, Mike. There, I don't think there's any question that that's part of it. And then the other part is think about if you're Baltimore. So you basically changed your whole style. 
the players that that you kind of draft, the way you built your football team, both offensively and defensively, you changed everything for Lamar. How many teams do you think are going to go, yeah, you know what, that sounds like a great idea. Here's the roster we built. Let's scrap pile the whole thing and change, you know, completely change our city. Without two first-round picks to do it. Right. And, oh, by the way, now we got to go find a coach that can coach that stuff. So now you got to go, hey, our offense coordinator, I know what you do, right? But you're going to have morph into this. So now we got to go find, you know, we got to go get Marty Mortingwigger. We got to go get Greg Roman. I, I think he's got very limited very limited options as far as teams out there. That'll do it for four down territory. Coming up next, should it all be on rust this season? Sink or swim? And don't even bother investing in a backup? That's next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress. Relax in your tub or shower from Bathfitter. Bathfitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. Larith and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 1043, The Fan. Sometimes I think our guy D-Mac in the afternoon plans his show because he knows when we're in the car listening. Mm. Whether it's you picking up your granddaughters or me picking up my son from school. Because I think we both happen to be listening at the same time. So he decided... Because we do live rent rent free in his in his head, as he usually tends to do. He mm-hmm. he tends to start off his shows. I was listening later yesterday because yesterday my wife picked up my oldest granddaughter. I picked up the youngest, so she. I usually pick them both up. Well, and so I wasn't listening in my normal two thirty to three. Oh, so you were listening later. You came back to it. Yeah, I came oh, back. We are really living rent free in his head. Well, no, he, no, no. I didn't come back to him. He wasn't talking. He wasn't. Go ahead. He started the show. Okay. Here's here's a little sampling of it. It was a truth of enlightenment when I was listening to Mike and Mark put together their top five lists of backup quarterbacks for the Broncos. <laughs> as, as I'm listening to this understandable yet still idiotic conversation, I'm I'm realizing and, and because everything with them comes with a tone of disparagement towards me. So I, I realize, holy cow, I am in the middle of this too. Like, I got to get out of here. Because, first of all, it makes it sound like I care. And, and second of all, it's just dumb. Whew, where to start? Well, calling us idiotic in a segment in which he patted himself on the back for the Daniel Jones deal with the Giants by saying, see, this is why good for the Giants. They identified their quarterback. They took their time. This is the benefit of drafting a quarterback in the first round because you get five years, you get the fifth-year option. And I'm like, I don't think that's right. <clears throat> Daniel Jones has only been in the league four years, and the Giants turned down the fifth his fifth-year option. option. So there's that. Uh, then there's the fact that uh, he literally overnight changed his mind on, on Brett Rippon. He just flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. And when James Marillat, who was on at the time, pressed him on it, said, yeah, you know, just Change my mind. So what's what was now? Just, now it's just stick just, with Brett Ribbon. Yeah, stick, stick with Brett Ribbon. Okay. And and I'm really surprised, by the way, that he's down on the idea of bringing in a legitimate backup because wasn't it him screaming from the mountaintops when Baker Mayfield 
was released for the Broncos to pick him up because isn't the goal to have competition and to have a quarterback, in this case, if there's a quarterback that can give you a chance to win, a better chance to win, shouldn't that guy be here and shouldn't he be playing? So I got to ask, what happened to all that? Why'd you flip-flop on all that stuff? Well, I, w- I would think that if you're DMAC, based upon it doesn't matter who you pick as long as you pick them early at the quarterback position because they're all the same. Being the fact that you have three of the future Hall of Famers available to you right now as a franchise. Inconceivable. Yes, you have your pick of the litter, all three of them. All three of them. And they're all on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Right. You can go out and get yourself Baker Mayfield, number one overall. Sam Darnold, number three overall. I think that was your guy, too, Sam Darnold. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield was your guy, too. And Josh Rosen, who was your overall guy. <laughs> Until he wasn't. Until well, until Mel Kiper and Todd McShay said right. he was dropping. So yeah. yeah, and then and, then and you then, change your mind until revisionist history right. happened, and then all of a sudden, after three years of yeah, so-so football, Josh Allen became your guy. So I would think that you would want one of those Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You got three of them to, to come in here well, and at least back up because and- then. Or do you not want them? Do you want want them because it would prove your theory? It would prove your theory. Absolutely, it would debunk your whole. It doesn't matter where you get a guy or who the guy is, or it matters where you get a guy, but it doesn't matter who the guy is. As no, it's not that. Up. Actually, it's not that. Here, here it is. It's very okay. simple. I've All said right. it before, and I challenge him to respond to this when his show starts. Okay, it's very clear. He wants Russell Wilson to fail. He's rooting for Russell Wilson to fail. He doesn't want a legitimate backup here because. But that's where. See, let me just interrupt. If he want, if that's truly what he wants, then you would want Sam Darnold <laughs> to be the backup so that he could come in like the White Knight no, and he, save. No, he doesn't want that. No, 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 no. Because look, there's only one thing, and and I I challenge him to tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh-huh. Because he does not want. This time on his time on earth to end before the Broncos at least have drafted a quarterback in the top five and he gets a chance to see if his theory is proven correct. I'm telling you, okay? okay. It's the reason he did not want Sean Payton to be the head coach. It's the reason why he hates Sean Payton mm-hmm. is because he knows that Sean Payton is actually a really good coach and there's a good chance that he'll get the most out of this team. He wants Russell Wilson to fail. He doesn't want a legitimate backup because that backup may win a couple of extra games and put the Broncos out of the running to be able to do what? Tank, stink, and eventually have to draft a quarterback or be in a position to draft a quarterback in the top five. It why else do you think he want why do you think he hates George Payton so much? Why do you think he is desperately pining for George Payton to be fired? Why does he make statements like, why is George Payton here? What does he do? It's because George Payton had the unmitigated gall to pick Pat Sertan over Justin Fields. That's what this is all about. So just come out today at at 2 o'clock and just admit, because you are so determined to get a top five quarterback here to prove your point, that you are rooting for everybody connected with the Broncos to fail. And you're going to be actively rooting for them to lose this year. Just admit it. By the way. Be truthful. By the way, Texter did point out, 
I, uh, I guess a, a, it, me just kind of bypassing one of the Hall of Fame five that's available. Lamar. Yep. <laughs> yep. Lamar's available. He's available, too. Now, I don't know where you're going to find first-round trip picks, but... You're going to have to get two first-rounders from... 2027 draft and 2028 sure. draft. Yeah, they're doing that in the NBA now. They're trading 2029 20, first round yeah. picks. So what, yeah. what the heck? All right. You know, F them picks, right? Right. Okay. We're idiots. Okay. <laughs> and, and, by, and by the way, we're idiots for, I don't know, doing my research, doing my homework, and actually looking at Sean Payton's record in New Orleans when it comes to backup quarterbacks. And I don't know, you know, maybe thinking that what he did in New Orleans for 15 years that he might want to do here. So when 2016, Luke McCown was the backup quarterback. At that point, he was 34 years old and been in the league 10 years. 2017, Chase Daniel was his backup, 31 years old, eight years in the league. 2018, Teddy Bridgewater, 26 years old, four years in the league. Mm. And 2020, Jameis Winston, 26, six years in the league. So there is a track record that I think is fair to talk about and fair to project when it comes to how Sean Payton might be viewing his backup quarterback position here. He's not a guy that drafts quarterbacks. He likes veteran backup quarterbacks. That's been his M.O. Right. Now it's possible he'll completely change that M.O. here. But the best thing we have to go on is past performance, past record. And I did my homework. Mm. You know, other people might want to consider doing their homework. And uh, that's what you come up with. Yeah. So I don't think it's idiotic to and start talking about when he drafted, uh, veteran by the free way, agent quarterbacks. When he drafted Taysom Hill, he said at one point, I think I have my future quarterback in the building. And then you know what? He was such an unbelievable athlete, and he lacked some of the pure passing skills. They just made him this. They made him a wep- offensive weapon, and and gosh, how valuable is that guy? So again, yeah, that's that's been his mo, and um, I I would certainly expect him to kind of continue down that path. All right, what's trending coming up next? Uh, Tom Brady uh, gives a very unique answer as to uh, why. He's squashing those rumors about a potential comeback. That's next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Okay, here we go. LeBron James says his son, Bronny, 18 years old, yeah, is better yeah. than a good number of NBA players right now. <laughs> I don't doubt that. He want. I think. I think LeBron's goal is to play with Bronny, kind of like King Griffey Jr. and King Griffey Senior played together at the Mariners. I don't know whether they're father sons, but that's the only one that comes to mind right off the bat. I'm sure there's more, but would you want that though for your kid? That's boy. That's an inc- that would be an incredible amount of pressure for you know a 19 20 year old you're LeBron James's yeah. kid and you're playing with LeBron James yeah i i mean i think it would be i think it'd be a really i think it'd be cool for both father and son i think one thing you have to understand is Bronny grew up all he knows is the nba he's grown up like it's not overwhelming for him at 18 to roll in there and be around that cuz he's been around it his whole life you know what i mean like, I raised my son in a locker room. I knew one thing that wouldn't overwhelm him, being in a professional locker room. 
because he he was raised in a professional locker room. He was used to it. He saw he knew the guys. He saw the guys. He he'd been around the guys. Yeah, so, but don't you want your son to sort of strike out on his own path without? I mean, it's 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 tough enough. Bronny, whenever he comes into the NBA, is Bronny James. He's going to sure. be living in his dad's shadow, and now he's got to do it while playing with LeBron James. Oh, I think it, I think it's better to do it playing with LeBron James than do it at some crappy organization where you don't have your father. I, th- I mean, I think it would I think it would be cool. Plus, you know, LeBron would play another year or two with his son and then just gracefully bow out. I I don't know. I think it's I think it, I mean. Obviously, it's a great storyline for ESPN. Then they quit talking about the Nuggets. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't. They're not doing a full hour Sports Center on it. Yeah, just the mere possibility. Did you hear LeBron said? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That's right. Steve Ballmer, the rich, rich, yeah. like big pockets, like he's got Rob Clippers, Walton. Clippers guy. He's got little Rob Walton money type of guy. Yeah, yeah, but he's a little like he's like super fan. He like is super fan. He's like jock sniff. He is. He is what we all think we'd be like mm. if all of a sudden we were able to own a professional right. sports team. The difference between him and Rob Walton. Rob Walton doesn't know the commissioner's name. Good point. Right. He's not going to go. And that Silverman guy. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> not going to. Right. That's he's true. not going to say that. That's true. Okay. Go ahead, Balmer. Anyway, Steve Balmer, the Clippers owner, they're building a new arena. And they had a press conference yesterday. All the Clippers players, including Bones Highland, wearing those spiffy construction vests mm. with construction helmets. Right. All there as Steve Ballmer held a press conference where he bragged about the toilets in the new arena. He said, quote, 1,160 toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them back to their damn seats at the end of the half before the game. Wow. Is that because uh, they want them back? No. It's toilets. That which is good, though. Like, Well, you know what? Actually, the more I think about it now, you know, how many of you have been halftime at a Bronco game and you walk out and that line is just, it's going to take all halftime. You'd be lucky to be back in your seat by the start of the third. Have you pooped at a stadium? Have I ever pooped? Oh, yeah, dude. Come on. I, I'm not one of those guys that's afraid of pooping in, in public places. No no problem at all. Some people are terrified of it. They will, like, go to whatever lengths to just wait till they get back home. I don't care. I don't have that kind of control, but I don't know that I've... I mean, obviously, when I was At a game? During a game? During a game where all of a sudden you got the the, mud gut. The place is packed. The bubble gut. Yeah, and you got to roll in there and... Yeah, no problem. Just, I mean... Yeah, you just got to deal with the fact that people are trying to open your door. Hey! Don't work in here! That's right. I'm working in here! I always say, come in! (laughs) Tom Brady... In his inimitable style, he's going to be, if he decides to do TV, I think he's going to be good. Because the guy's got a great sense of humor. And um, he said, he, he squashed rumors about the possibility of him making a comeback. And he said, anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. Says he's too busy raising a kitten to come back to the NFL. How hard is it to raise a kitten? It's not a like if it was a puppy, I'd have a little bit more empathy for you. Kitten, they poop in sand. 
Are the kittens automatically already potty trained? He's got a point. They do seem to be genetically predisposed to that right away, right? They don't. Science. Cats don't. I I haven't had a cat in a long time. I don't really remember cats leaving a lot of messes. Yeah. Do you want a great cat story? Sure. I saw this thing with George Clooney. He was rooming with uh, this actor that, you know, he, he played one of the, he played the, if you remember the movie uh, Bugs Life, the guy who played Hopper, the bad grasshopper, his brother that was a little bit slow, he was rooming with that guy. And that guy had a cat. He goes, so he wasn't working. George wasn't. And every day he cleaned the cat litter box. And every day that guy would come home from work, he was working. And he'd be like, man, my cat hasn't used the, you know, the kitty litter box at all. Like, maybe there's something wrong. And he let it go on for three or four days. He kept cleaning out the cat litter box. And then George Clooney said, I took a giant dump in the cat litter box after about five days where this guy didn't think his cat went to the bathroom and just left it in there. And he goes into the bathroom where the cat litter box goes, holy mother! Thought the cat finally oh. unleashed. Kind of a white lotus feel right there. Tell you what, I like the fact that George Clooney will take a dump in a cat litter box. Good on you, George. That is uh, what is trending. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's really trending, but it was a great story. <laughs> I just never, I never know. I, you know, hey, listen, I, I'm like everybody else here. I, I I drop a plan. I have a I have a game plan before every show, mm-hmm. and um, rarely do we follow. Rarely do we follow it, no. which I like, by the way. But yeah. uh, we, yeah. we we tend to go. Uh, we tend to change plays at the line of scrimmage more than Russell Wilson. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. But the difference is that we execute. Yeah, and we we kind of. Know the playbook. <laughs> uh, great audio yesterday. Man, J.J. Redick, if the Ooh. Denver Nuggets win an NBA championship, I think J.J. Redick needs to be the master of ceremonies at the parade. Yes. The exchange he had with Kendrick Perkins yesterday. Electric. We'll share it with you next. What the f*** are you watching? Loosen up those joints and muscles. It's time for your 745 stretch. Here's Schlereth and Evans with the biggest story in Denver sports. In the never-ending, seamlessly um, continuous blabber that goes on on uh, television, ESPN, Fox Sports, the, the the talking heads just going back and forth, blah, 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 blah. We had a segment yesterday that definitely stood out from the norm. And that was J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins on First Take on ESPN. Now, I've seen many stories written about it that uh, while this was all going on, Stephen A. Smith looked very uncomfortable. Are you kidding me? Stephen A. was probably sitting there barely able to contain his glee because he knows what makes good television. And this was awesome. So you have J.J. Redick, who is Nikola Jokic's biggest supporter, against Kendrick Perkins, who is Nikola Jokic's biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. And J.J. Redick correct, uh, just, just took Kendrick Perkins to school yesterday. We judge MVP year to year. You also said the criteria or the goalposts change year to year for certain players. No, it doesn't. It, we it vote on the MVP. Hold on. Hold on. We vote on the MVP based on that season. It is a regular season award. 
Previous playoff runs have nothing to do with it. It's a regular season award for the most valuable player. And we can measure that, Perk. So maybe voters have gotten smarter. You agree with that? Has, has, has the criteria for picking an MVP changed at all? Has it changed? Um, I do think it has changed in some nuanced ways. Okay. For instance. I'm, I'm curious. Go ahead. How? It was, what, 40-some years between the first two guys that uh, averaged a triple-double on the season. Now it's been done six times. Right? I mean, I think Westbrook has done it four or five times. Four times in five years? Four times in five years. The Big O, obviously, is the first one to do it. And now Nikola Jokic looks like he's going to end the season with a triple-double. So I don't think it has the exact same value that it had after Big O did it. Right? Because it was, what, 40-some-odd years before somebody else did it. So I think it's been diminished or watered down to a degree. I do think that... I do think that the championship aspect, not having a championship under your belt, is one of those things that it's, I know that it's a regular season award, but there is still something, and I understand why there's something to that. And the fact that the only three guys ever to win back-to-back-to-back MVPs also had championship a championship or two to their credit but then you'd have to go back and look at the other guys that have won back to back and say well they clearly were deserving of winning a third straight year but they didn't because they hadn't won a championship and some people would and then tell you would you say that, that then you would say the criteria right. has changed because Nicole is going to win it this year right and that's what a lot of people have said about um Steve Nash after he won back to back, they said he didn't win the third one. Mostly, like, and I don't know, I don't remember, and I, I wasn't following it at the time. But a lot of people would would tell you, or at least I've been told by some people that that do follow it, that that was one of the big deterrents to voting Steve Nash as a three time MVP, because in that third year he hadn't won, they hadn't won anything. So in that case, the criteria. Would have changed. will change this year, right. in that voters will look at it and say, "No, not going to hold it against him that he hasn't won a a championship to this point. He is he, it is a regular season award, right. and he is the most deserving of it." Uh, Perkins then fired back, and again continues to to go down this road uh, that the voting is very racist. I don't know the criteria no more. I don't know if it's because it's the number one seed. I don't know if it's the number six seed. I don't know how you judging it. Is if we judging off of advanced stats or who's the most valuable player? You take them off this thing. We don't know. We don't know. But we do know this. Since you do want to bring it up, we do know this. That when it comes to MVP voting, 80% of the, MV, of the voters are, are white American. 20% are others. I know that stat. If you want to talk about advanced stat, I do know that one. Here is the, and I heard some other people parrot that as well yesterday. Here's the biggest argument that Perkins doesn't have a response to. 
for the NBA All-Star voting. The players get to vote. And the players that got the most votes by a, by a wide margin from NBA players, right. which is the vast majority made up of black players, was Giannis and Jokic. Mm-hmm. So, Perk, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're wrong. When the, when the guys that play the game, forget about the voters, forget about white voters, the guys that play the game recognize that Jokic is one of the two best players in the NBA, you got no response to that. That ends the argument right there. Reddick then called out what we have identified for days now as the reason why stat padding and Jokic has become a national debate. I mean no offense to you, and I mean no offense to first take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. I you did ju- not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, did. Yes, you did. That is exactly what you implied. That is exactly what you implied. Well, let's stop it right there. Yeah. Isn't that exactly what he said? Of course it is. Okay, then. 100%. That's, I mean, that's. there's no other way to parse that. You basically said 80% of the voters are white, and they have a desire to have white guys in. Now, if you wanted to say, hey, man, the potential three-time MVPs and, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote white MVPs that have won this thing, Dirk and, uh, and Steve Nash and, and obviously Jokic, if you wanted to say something to the effect of, hey, man, there's a desire within the National Basketball Association and throw in Let's just throw in uh, Giannis in there, too, to have international players win the MVP. Why? Because it's a worldwide game, and it even opens up the NBA further to kind of world domination when it comes to marketing and when it comes to growing their game. Now, if you want to say voters have a vested interest in European players and players from other countries winning MVPs, that's a different argument. Is is that fair? Would you say that that's that that's a that's a fair? If, but again, guys who like I'm not going to bring into I'm not going to bring into question the integrity of of voters. Guys want to you want to be right. You want to vote for the guy who's had the biggest impact. And the thing that's hard about MVP, one of the things that Kedrick Perkins kept going back to is like like. The MVPs historically have always been one of the league leading scores. That, that's called the who's leading the league in scoring, right? That's not the MVP to me is who on a night to night basis does whatever is required to help their team win every night. And, you know, obviously you, you want to sit there and say, well, like last year, the Nuggets were a six seed. Yeah, but Nikola Jokic was doing it with guys that aren't on the roster anymore, that are on other teams that you you deemed necessary to get rid of. 
He didn't have, I mean, he had Aaron Gordon, but he didn't have MPJ. He didn't have Murray. He didn't have another all-star to play with. Like that in, in essence, guys having, you know, JJ Reddick talked about KPC and Murray and, 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 and MPJ having career production years. Isn't that the, isn't that the definition of a dude that facilitates and, and creates opportunities for his for his basketball club. Before I go on, were you trying to just get me in an O'Reilly there? No. What did I say? What did I, did I say? Something backwards. KPC. Okay. CPK. KCP. That's California Pizza Kitchen. I love that place. Ooh. Delicious. You ever tried like they got like Asian dumpling things that are just, on a pizza? No, no, no. Just oh. like on an appetizer. Like they're they're like those. Yeah. I'm 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 trying to think like no, if if I just sat down and just said how many of these could I eat in one setting. Wings, pan-fried dumplings, yeah, or bacon-wrapped scallops. Oh, my gosh. Just how many? Like oh. 50, 60, 70? I think the scallops would get a little bit, like, rich. Yeah, like, you're I right. I think it would get bubble gut pretty quick. Yes. Right? Yes. You'd be like, you'd be housing, you'd be like 25, like, I got no problems, and then all of a sudden you hit 30, you go, <laughs> <laughs> And you'd be like, mm-hmm. Then you'd have to go visit the public bathroom. That's right, which I don't have a problem doing. No, you don't. Neither do I. Uh, one more bit of video here. Yeah. Uh, again, proof that game recognizes game, regardless of race, mm-hmm. especially in the NBA. Right. Where, again, the players voted, and Nikola Jokic, along with Giannis, got mm-hmm. by far the most player votes. How about Tracy McGrady on Vince Carter's podcast? This is Tracy McGrady talking about Jokic. What are you feeling MVP right now? Yeah, ain't close. It's that boy in Denver. That boy in Denver is cold, man. No, that's a fact. He's a bad dude. A bad dude. You know what I'm saying? And for him to have his team in, in first place and the way he's balling, you got to go with him. I say we. Tracy McGrady. That's a bad dude. Yeah. It's a bad, bad man. Right. I, they, they know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about know, race. He's finally about being game recognizing game. Yeah, Come he, on. He's being recognized for all the things that he does. And he's being recognized for his basketball prowess, his basketball acumen, his basketball skill set. And I, for one, love it because I always talk about this. Like we just had the, the combine. And you hear Dan Campbell talk about the combine. You great guys on tape. Not on he he said not on their ability to run around in their pajamas. <laughs> well, you and, say underwear, yeah. he says pajamas, right? But but the the point that I'm trying to make is he is being recognized for his sublime skills. And let's face it, if you lined him up in a test of athleticism, the guy wouldn't make the NBA. Like seriously. Compared to NBA players, no, he's an exception. Compared to you walking on the street or me, he's an exceptional athlete. But in NBA parlance, dude, that dude is a non-athlete. JJ Reddick, by the way, we don't have this cut, but because uh, there was a lot said, but he also called out Perk for cherry picking from 1990. Since 1990, he would be the uh, the only MVPs who are not in the top 15 of scoring were Nash, mm-hmm. Nowitzki. You know, mm. Jokic, right? Well, J.J. Reddick correctly pointed out, why'd you pick 1990? 
Why didn't she just go back a few years? Oh, right, because then you would have had to include Magic Johnson in your critique. And the last thing you're going to do is criticize Magic Johnson, who won uh, three MVPs while never being in the top 15 in scoring. Why? Was Magic Johnson a prolific scorer? No. No. What did Magic Johnson do? He facilitated, man. He was awesome. And if he needed a score, he could. Right. But that was not, yeah. Superbook Sports presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge with the madness going on. The tournaments going on this week, conference tournaments. Good luck to all of our uh, front-range teams. Selection Sunday coming up. The winner of each round receives tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days. The grand prize winner takes home $5,000. It's powered by Xfinity 10G, Phil Long Ford, and Twin Peaks. Register now. Get your friends or your office pool signed up, too. We'll do all the work for you. Sign up at denversports.com slash bracket. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bathfitter, it just fits.